This is the Citizen of Heaven podcast number 218, Adoption, Part 1. I'm Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for listening, sharing, and subscribing. When it comes to adoption, my guests are experts. Wilson and Julie Adams serve with the Veterans Parkway Church of Christ in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They are licensed counselors and adoptive parents of three. Scott Beyer preaches for the Eastland Church of Christ in Louisville, Kentucky. He's also the host of the Love Better podcast and has adopted seven of his eight children. We begin with a discussion of the process of bringing outsiders in, whether it is to our own personal family or to the family of God. Romans 8.15 describes Christians as having a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. We are not attached to God's family simply by right of birth. God seeks us out and draws us into fellowship. Describe for me the process of becoming part of a new family for both literal and spiritual adoptees, the obstacles that present themselves, and how a loving parent can bring the process to a good conclusion. Well, I think part of that is the expectations that a lot of people put on us, the expectations we put on ourselves Mm -hmm. as to how we incorporate that into our families. What does family look like? And many times the expectations that other people have for our families is very different than what we're experiencing inside our home. So that tends to be problem if the outsiders don't understand what's going on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the blue skies and the butterflies and the unicorns and all the good things that are supposed to happen when they don't always happen. People tend to look at you as the adopting parent and cast blame and shame upon you. Something must be amiss in your life. They don't always consider the fact that maybe you've already raised some other children and done quite well, or, you know, by God's grace, you've done quite well. But at the end of the day, they tend to want to finger point. You know, it would be great if everything always turned out exactly as we planned, but it doesn't always turn out exactly as we planned because God makes each of us. Uh, with a free moral agency, and we can make our own choices. And as children grow up, sometimes that's that's the case with them too. And a lot of their choices are going to come from their backgrounds that maybe when we adopt them, we have no idea as to where they're coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's really no different than than spiritual adoption, right? So you you take somebody, you baptize them, they come out of the water, and now they're free of sin. Everything's great, Right. Mm-hmm. Except tomorrow they're right back at the bar if they're not careful. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. it happens all the time. In fact, that's from a preaching standpoint, the conversation that I have with people immediately after baptizing them uh, every time now is now it's going to get hard. I don't mm-hmm. want you to think this is going to get easy because mm-hmm. you're a babe in Christ and the lion likes to take the babies. Sure. He goes for the week. And so, too, it is when when you go through this process of adoption, every child, even if they come home as a newborn, I mean, for Jenna and I, we have our experiences, all domestic adoptions. Uh, our oldest age the child came home at was basically seven, came home, had their seventh birthday the week after they came home. And then our youngest was came home at birth, even with the ones who came home at birth it's going to be different. There's going to be things that come up because adoption is a correct, a course correction. 
right? Something went awry in one way or another from God's original design for how the family was supposed to be. And there's a course correction in there. And course corrections are typically messy. And as Adam said, there's free moral agency. That's just life. People are people and and kids are people too. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared to get that kind of a surprise right off the bat, but uh, Wilson, Jill, you were indicating that some people respond negatively to the idea of adoption in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I guess that's not surprising because people are jerks all over the place, but, but the idea of this being a bad thing that that's kind of a slap in the face to me. I mean, surely an adoptive relationship is, is a wonderful thing. But you're you're saying that some people don't see it that way. No, so, so no. it's not always wonderful for the children. Well, no, and we think that we think that it's supposed to be. We we have this, you know, you decide these children are going to be grateful because we did older child adoption. So these children are supposed to to love this, be do away with all their culture, do away mm-hmm. with everything they've been taught because now they've been put in this family and everything's rosy and it's wonderful. Well, that's not how it is. That's just not how it is. And there is more study being done on children in utero that are born and have trauma based on the fact that they no longer are hearing the voice uh, or hearing the heartbeat of their biological parent. Mm. And there's trauma when they no longer hear that. So loss begins with adoption. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that adoption is a bad thing. What it means is that we have to learn Mm -hmm. that children are going to have needs that we are not expecting or anticipating because we tend to base adoption and children of adoption on typical families, Mm -hmm. biological families. It's different because the adopted child, their life, especially at birth, and are given to another family who are are all wanting to do things from the heart. All of us who adopt, Scott's family, all that they've adopted, our family that we've adopted, it came from our heart. Mm -hmm. We were doing this because our faith, that's why we do this. Mm -hmm. But we're going to look different. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the expectations that people have sometimes because it didn't turn out like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jenna, my wife has a saying that parenting is always embarrassing or inconvenient or both. And I, I think that that's true, right? Like, mm-hmm. because if you're going to parent, it's going to be inconvenient or your kid's going to do something that doesn't match your expectations. And so that's going to be embarrassing. And I think that's part of the journey of faith, right? Part of the thing that adoption has taught me has been the idea that my expectations, I need to, I need to get rid of those because just because I decided it would look like this doesn't mean it will. And it also doesn't mean that's the best way for it to look. Uh, God has a plan. I'm going to follow that plan. And that's how we're going to, we're going to get where we need to be, but where, where the journey ends is probably a lot different. In fact, it's a hundred percent guaranteed to be a lot different than what I had envisioned. And so you're getting rid of expectations is a part of that faith journey. I was just remembering Proverbs 14, five, where no oxen are the manger is clean, but much revenue comes from the strength of an ox. Like both of you are saying, 
adoption is complicated. It, it's messy. It brings problems. And the problems may even present themselves before the blessings do. But evangelism works the same way, right? Yep. We are bringing people into the body of Christ. And if we're doing it right, it gets messy. It gets ugly. We wow. adopt all their problems. We adopt all of their baggage, all their bad habits. In a lot of ways, it'd be a lot easier on us if we could just kind of stay nuclear and avoid all of that mess. Mm-hmm. Yep. But is that really a plan for your life? A lot of people live that way. A lot of people determine they don't want children, well, let alone adopted children. They live because, in a bubble. Yeah, they yeah. want to stay in their bubble. But those who have gone that way, and and I gather from both of your experiences, those who have gone the adopted way as well, will testify it is more than worth the hardship, the heartbreak that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand. Well, it's like I'm a lady different. said to me one time, um, she said, we need to be really careful because we're uh, we're baptizing all these people coming out of the world. And if we're not very careful, this church is going to fill up with sinners. <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. But it mess it messes up her little concept of what the church is. And we wouldn't ever say this out loud, but a lot of people have the mindset, us four no more, close that door, you know. We don't want anybody coming in and messing up our church. We don't want anybody coming in and messing up our family. Whatever the case may be, uh, we have these we have these expectations that are very lofty, heart filled, uh, but the reality sometimes is quite quite different. And sometimes Christians don't have a lot of patience with those who have not reached the level of wherever they think they are. You see that in, in the spiritual world with conversions of people from the world. And you see that with adopt in the, the adopting world where these kids come in with tremendous baggage, some of what you have no idea at the time, and some of which won't show up until the ages of 10, 11, 12, 13, and on. And other people just struggle. They struggle with that. Yeah, but thank God that Jesus didn't stay in this bubble. When people begin to get out of their bubble, and, and I'll tell you, I'm as guilty of that as anybody else. I like a comfortable life. I get tired of making waves. I mean, there have been multiple times where, you know, something comes up and you know what the right thing to do is. And I just really would just like to just relax a little. <laughs> like, can we take our foot off the gas for a minute? Maybe just <laughs> throttle back. So this is not really an indictment of anybody else other than just myself, that I, I have that desire to just be comfortable here. But if Jesus had said that and just, you know, pulled the lever on his recliner up in heaven and said, you know what? I've got to pretty get up here. The angels are up here. I didn't cause those problems. I didn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Wasn't me. I mean, we know where we'd be. So mm-hmm. it's... It's a beautiful thing that the church is full of sinners. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. There's a guy that we're working with right now, um, heard us through the radio program here in Louisville, started talking to me about things. He comes from a rock and roll lifestyle background, and it's everything you kind of imagine with the rock and roll lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And people go, well, when is he going to get this worked on? Or when are we going to fix this? And I go, you got to give it time. Mm-hmm. You've just got to give it time and time works. And, and I just, I wonder sometimes we, you know, we have people walk into services and maybe they're not 
dress the way we would choose for them to dress if they'd gotten up that morning and we had picked their attire for them. But, you know, Jesus sat with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. And I tend to think maybe the prostitutes might not be dressing the way we would want our daughters to dress, at least to start with, but time with the master, you know, things change. And and that's the hope is to be patient like God is patient with us. And but beautiful things happen then too. There's transformation. That's the only way you get to see that. Well, it's like when we adopted the kids, um, <clears throat> they were 15, 12, and 11, is it, I think? 15, 13, and 12. Okay, I was close. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there were people at church that came up with to us within the first few days and weeks. Have, have you, uh, are you having Bible studies with these kids? Uh, <clears throat> no, we're well, one not. One thing, they don't know the language. <laughs> yeah, it was a language barrier for one thing. But secondly, you've got to build relationships with people. And it it takes, uh, Scott is right, it takes it takes time. And you've got to, you've got to exercise a lot of patience with, with people. Jesus didn't meet, when he met and talked with people, he did not meet them with a pre-planned lesson one. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to date myself, but the Jewel Miller film scripts, you know, good grief. Jesus always met them right where they were, and he started there, and 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 he began to he began to teach at that point. You want to study patience, study Jesus, and especially Jesus with the twelve. These twelve men grew up in the church. I mean, I think they probably went to synagogue every Saturday and grew up that way. And yet, boy, they had a lot of maturing and growing to do. Uh, and he was so patient with them. But sometimes we don't we don't have that same patience with people who are coming out of Satan's stronghold. And it, it sometimes takes takes more time than we're willing to give. And with wounds. I mean, it's not just, hey, they come with sin, you know, and back to adoption. Sometimes they come with wounds. And wounds they can't always articulate. That's the That's another thing. And I'm sure Wilson and Julie can speak to this as well, probably more articulate than me, that your kids sometimes have heartache that they have a hard time voicing and you've got to help navigate that journey of them finding vocabulary for the pain Mm -hmm. or just the confusion and that's it's going to take time the bible studies that um you were having with your kids if i could answer that person who said if you having bible studies with them i would say yeah yeah we had dinner together i drove into football (laughs) practice Yeah. Um, They're learning what a family is like. Like, that's what's going on right now. And that's where they have to be. That's where sometimes that's just where it starts is like, look, we're, this is what God's design for a family is. We want this for you. We hope you want it for you too. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with uh, older child adoption is our, our kids came from a very hardcore orphanage. And by that, I mean, it was Satan ruled. So any kind of sin exposure happened there. Mm-hmm. So you bring children like that into your home and set them on your couch and say, okay, now it's going to look like this. Well, first of all, they're not going to like what this looks like because now there's rules. Now there are expectations that probably shouldn't be there. But when you have so many, so many on the outside expecting something to look a certain way. Um, I know for myself, I caved into that and that was a mistake. I should not have done that, but I didn't know. I didn't know anything like what I know now. 
However, when you bring Satan into your living room, it's going to look real different, Mm -hmm. especially when Satan lives there 24-7 and coming from children who are way past us in what trauma looks like. Neither one of us have ever experienced anything like what our children have experienced. So there's had to be a lot of therapy for them and for us to learn. The key Mm -hmm. in adoption is being willing to learn that it's different. I'm a parent to stepchildren, biological, and adopted children. All three of those come from a different frame of reference. Very different. So people, I would like for them to allow me to have that frame of reference to parent each set of those in a different way. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't like that. They want to see it the one way, as if you did it with your bio. These are all just like like your own. You're going to love them just like your own. And if you say, I can't, then you're looked at very suspiciously because I can't, because they came from different places in my heart. They're still in my heart. It just came from a different place. Thank you for listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Please rate, review, and share so others can access this content. I encourage you also to join the Heaven Citizens Facebook group. There you will find links to related materials, conversation starters, poll questions, and the occasional special announcement. Also, check out the How Hammonds channel on YouTube for even more content. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, signing off.